What is up, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of the MTG Untapped podcast. I am your host. I am the Micah, and joining me, he is back. He is Costa. How are you, my friend? Oh, man, I'm I'm still dying. Uh, school's miserable, but tomorrow is my final, so I thought I'd stop by and help you all with a little, little podcasting. And you heard that right. He said, y'all, because back by internal demand tree he is here how are you hello everyone how are you guys we're hanging in there <laughs> okay good 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 so who's ready to get down with the, all the spoilers for dungeons and dragons this week oh my god there's so many spoilers so many yeah. over 120 new cards have been spoiled since we concluded our podcast last week but uh, real fast, um, Kosa, how does it feel knowing you got beaten by one Mr. Tree in the whatever the game we played is called? Yeah, I thought it was rather cute. It was rather cute, you know. Um, I definitely still still beating myself up over uh, the Great Hinge. Honestly, the Great Hinge is really what sealed the deal for me because while listening to Tree, I would have kept going. <laughs> I would have kept going. So, But he did a great job um you know uh we'll just have to do another game and and see if i can come back rally really back a victory so okay yo yeah we'll have to whenever we don't have a billion cards to talk about um we'll have to get another game going as and as i'm the game master i will make sure i have that prepared um no 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 you're the dungeon master Oh yeah, I, I am your <laughs> I am your DM. Um, but so we're gonna be skipping the untapped set this week because we got enough stuff to talk about. So uh, we're gonna be trying to go over the new rares and mythics that have been spoiled over the past week. And let's just get right into it. We're gonna start off with these white cards, and we're gonna be kicking it off with Icing Death Frost Tyrant. Two white white gets you a legendary creature dragon four three at mythic has flying and vigilance and when icing death frost tyrant dies create icing death frost tongue a legendary white equipment artifact token with equipped creature gets plus two plus oh and whenever equipped creature attacks tap target creature defending player controls and it equips for two costa you haven't heard your sultry tone talk about magic cards in a hot minute what do you think about this dope card yeah i mean first of all it's a four three flying dragon with vigilance um it's really odd to see a mono white dragon um there probably is one but i can't i don't have one in recollection actually we just got a new one eternal. in h2 yeah eternal dragon <laughs> yeah and, and the one that was before that that's been mimicked off of it but anyways um yeah this card seems extremely powerful um you get something out of it when it dies which uh seems to be kind of you know one of the many themes dragons can have so I think this will be a standard hitter. Um, I definitely think that this card is going to be your top end of your mono white decks. Um, you know, Neil definitely don't have to say much about draft. It's just a bomb in draft. Um, but yeah, I think this is great. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, yep, same rate. I agree pretty much with everything you got. I just think, you know, it's a flavor fail that um, when your opponent, you know, your opponent should be fighting the dragon. They should be getting the treasure. So if they managed to kill this, they should get the equipment, right? <laughs> that would make it substantially worse. <laughs> that would make it no, much yeah. worse, but 
the flavor you are correct i didn't even think about that so yeah okay but yeah i was just kind of excited when i saw this card was spoiled because uh, i used to play the neverwinter nights uh video game set in the forgotten realms universe and i remember icing death was like a, a boss fight in that game that was really fun but uh let's kick let's also show off our new revolutionary uh grading system scale whatever we're gonna give cards marks out of five and and if obviously this thing's i believe is probably a five and limited like this is just a stone cold bomb would y'all agree with that yeah that's a five yes very much so and i, I don't know like a 3.7 and constructed like maybe a couple as a curve topper in your white decks it's harder to it's harder to put numbers on standard because the decks you're constructing it right so like if it's in your deck i mean is this the best card in your deck eh, it's kind of hard to say i i would i guess agree with you there i mean i think if it's going to mono white your five is always going to be um the what is it uh the spirit that when it comes in etbs exile a card with cmc4 or less or whatever like that's gonna okay. be okay the apparition yeah yeah so but yeah yeah, I think it's like I think it would be like a solid four um, in a mono white aggressive build. Like play this on turn four. If they kill it, you know you get to equip one of your uh, small little dudes and uh, keep getting in for that bit of damage. So I think a mono white um, aggro build could arise from this. Yeah, okay, I can go up to a four for constructed just because like it gets around Shadow's verdict, which is really annoying when I'm playing a white weenie deck. And then uh, also, uh, you have a lot more like odd CMC creatures in that deck. Like your only two drops are like Season Hellblade in the uh, the Aspirant. Is it Luminous Aspirant? Whatever. Yes. And and so uh, the uh, Extinction event, I rarely hit it, or if not, you have a bunch of other stuff. So yeah, I can get down with that. Let's move on to another sweet white card. Guardian of Faith. One white white for a 3-2 Spirit Knight at rare. It has Flash. It has Vigilance. And when it enters the battlefield, any number of other target creatures you control phase out. So you treat them and anything attached to them as though they do not exist until the controller's next turn. Tree, start us off. What do you think about this? Um, the, this is the first time I've seen this card. And the fact that it phases out um, is going to be very confusing for multiple, um, lots of new players. Um, phasing is a mechanic where um, they don't exist, but they're still on the battlefield. So they don't trigger um, enter the battlefield effects when they're phasing back in. Um, but this is crazy. Any number of other targets you control. Um, that This is a good way to save them. So, yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, I, um, I'd agree. I, I don't know how this is going to play out in standard, uh, first of all, with the new players. And it's, I don't know, it, I think it actually kind of weakens. Um, I, I think it's a weaker version because, like, usually ETBs are really what you want. So I'm not really sure if this will play out power down or not. Um, that's my, gonna be my first impression there, but yeah, an interesting des design nonetheless. Um, you know, it's a cool, it's a cool card. I mean, spirit Knight seems to be relevant, uh, card types. So uh, we're seeing a lot of knights. We've had spirits before, so yeah, complaints of a bunch of different things. Uh, yeah. My first thought when I saw it was kind of like Teferi's protection, like a poor man's version of that yep. and EDH. 
But all I feel like in limited, this thing's just like a three. It's just like it's a I mean it's a solid playable. Like three two with flash and vigilance is is all right. The you might not get a you might be able to like really goozle an opponent's ah you can goozle an opponent's removal spell in limited. That's always pretty fun and strong. So maybe like a three point five in limited, and then uh, I'm I'm gonna say we'll see <laughs> in constructed. It might go in like a white weenie deck to like whenever your opponent casts one of those sweepers. So it might have a role in that. But uh, so yeah, three, I, I I'd say a solid three. Solid three, yeah, is about where I put it out for draft. I I could say I could say four. Um, since it is um a three mana three powered creature. Um, it has flash and so that uh, it has that's fine. Um, sort of Tyler's tracker, but then it has the flash vigilance, which are the upsides, and then it's combat trick. It plays as combat trick as well. So you block phase uh flashes in, phase it out. You don't take any damage. Swing on the back swing. And has vigil like the vigilance is also important, so can defend as well. Is it not just straight up white counter spell, or not white counter, but like uh, counters uh, whatever your opponent's casting that targets a creature you control? Yeah, lots. Of I, I think strong card for sure. Next up, we have Oswald Fiddle Fiddle Fiddlebender. Don't know why I struggled so much with that. One in a white gets you a legendary creature, Gnome Artificer 2-2 at rare. And it has the activated ability, one white and tap it, sack an artifact. Search your library for an artifact card whose mana value is equal to the mana value of the sacrifice artifact plus one. Then put it onto the battlefield, shuffle your library, activate only as a sorcery. So, uh, artifacting pod. Uh, I don't know what this is going to go in, but it's a pretty cool effect. Been pretty powerful in the past. And I don't know about for artifacts, but... Costa, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I don't, I'm not um, recollecting our powerful artifacts right now. So I don't know what we're potting into going, going higher. I mean, there's a world where like, I guess the Eldrazi monument, something you want to power up to maybe. Um, but then again, like those decks have just been running ramp to get there. So uh, this is more of like a, you know, Oz gear commander card, I feel like, and, and maybe, maybe modern finds a home for this, but, uh, you know, it doesn't have like an immediate effect on the ETBs. So it's not like Stoneforge or anything like that. So yeah, it's, it's really hard to dissect this one. Uh, I am assuming we're going to get a few more artifacts that are going to be relevant. So maybe this just pairs with that better. Yep. I completely agree. Um, birthing pod was, um, very good because you can get creatures because creatures are more of what magic is about and then that's the way to win with, is with creatures but um artifacts um not very much in in the in in the way of like winning immediately you can search up combo pieces with this but i'm not sure as well what you can do in constructed um even modern or standard here even in limited i would i would not pick this in limited I was going to say a four and a commander deck that wants it. Like Coach said, Osgir, that's a really good call. Uh, and then two everywhere else. She's like, I mean, it's a bear. Mm -hmm. But uh, another thing like makes Birthing Pod broken is you can find creatures that untap it and you can keep going, chain them off and win the game in some formats. But that is actually all of our new white uh, rares and mythics. 
So we are on to blue, and we have a really cool card to start us off. It is Demolich. Blue, 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 blue. That's right, four blues. Gets you a Skeleton Wizard 4-3 at Mythic. This spell costs blue, less to cast for each instant and sorcery you've cast this turn. Whenever Demolich attacks, exile up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Copy it. You may cast the copy. And then you may cast Demolich from your graveyard by exiling four instant and or sorcery cards from your graveyard in addition to paying its other costs. Uh, there are some people trying to come up with magical Christmas land scenarios where you can cast this on turn two, which is reasonable, but uh, there's probably better things you've been doing with your time. Kosa, what do you think about this very blue pip heavy card? Yeah, I think the fact that it's for blue, um, it's, you know, reminds me a lot of uh, Phyrexian Obliterator. So Obliterator didn't have any ways to cheat it in um, or, you know, it didn't have any alternate costs, I should say. So uh, this is a little different from that. However, I mean, it seems like a fine ability and, and you know, maybe like casting those, uh, making copies of those instant sorceries are really good. But I think it's more about, um, you know, the quality of those instant sorceries um that will make this card stronger and the fact that we're you know the recasting it from your graveyard i don't think that's going to come up as much unless you're like straight up in a mono blue deck i mean you can maybe run two colors but you know we'll have to see what kind of support we get uh for dual lands at least in standard um you know i guess in uh sorry um draft uh, i'd say this is about a four i mean it's got a powerful ability but again it'll just kind of depend on your instant sorceries that play with it so yes for draft i think this is solid four um it's a four three okay for some reason i thought i had flying which would have made it significantly better um but you know obviously the magical christmas land in constructed formats which is modern <clears throat> Um, you can have all the free spells you want and um, cast this for free, but um, it's I'm you can the, this is good because it can be cast from the graveyard, so you can keep playing it over and over again. But like it is a finisher in control matchups if they the control is filled with lots of instant sorcery. So um, maybe three or four in constructed formats. Y'all play way more like legit constructed than I do. Aren't there just like better like payoffs for like instant sorcery matters cards? I mean, currently right now there, uh, it really just depends on your style. Like, um, you know, if we're talking about standard, for instance, uh, the big thing running around is the uh, the three three bird. Of course, I'm forgetting its name, but I was I was really high on it. And I bought it. Um, you know, you paint you stormwing. Yeah, stormwing stormwing entity like. Um, that's just so much more efficient. Um, you know, you have Sprite Dragon, um, and then your top end, you know, you're hitting people with um, a gold span, and that's not a, you know, incident sorcery matter card, but it just plays so well in that deck because it's producing treasure. Prismari Galzeth is also in there. Um, you know, when it comes to modern, I think this is going to be, the four CMCs is going to be too much... Um, I mean, again, it reduces its costs and, you know, Shaver was bringing up, uh, you know, gut shot, gut shot, lava dart, whatever, and it's free. Um, and that can be a thing, but you're already, um, 
your creatures are, or that slot is very tight. Like, um, you know, uh, you have Monastery Swift Spear, you have Stormwing Entity, um, you know, the new card from Modern Horizons, um, the Dragon Channelers Rager or whatever. I mean, that card does some serious work. Like every time you cast an instant sorcery or not a creature spell, you surveil, like it's super powerful. So it just has a, it's a lot to compete with. Um, you know, and, and it's a lot before, um, you had a Bedlam Reveler. So that, you know, would refuel your hand mm. and that's not even in that deck anymore. So I just think it has a, has a pretty steep hill to climb. Um, I don't know, Tree might disagree with me there, but that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I agree for the most part. Um, the only, the one thing I could think of for this would be, um, a slight addition to Phoenix, um, because the fact you're casting so many spells already, even not not in the early game, but even in the late game, like or not well, they don't get to late game very. They want to do mid game, so in the middle of casting all your spells, um, like even um, what's that one spell finale of promise, and then you just cast three spells, and then you cast this for a single blue, you get your phoenixes back, and you get this. You know that's actually not uh, an and that's actually a fairly reasonable way to get it onto the battlefield. Yeah. yeah, and for those of y'all that don't know, uh, the Phoenix deck is Tree's pet deck. That thing is like foiled out, blinging mm-hmm. and all. So of course he would lean towards that Phoenix. But yeah, no, I agree with I agree with that. That Phoenix probably does more, way more work. I think. I think this is a three out of five in limited, and I just have fun Tree. I don't get it in constructed, but let's um, sweet card. And I hope to lose to it someday. Uh, let's move on to Wizard's Spellbook. Five blue blue for an artifact at rare. You tap it and you exile and target instant or sorcery card from a graveyard. Does not say yours. And then new mechanic, you roll a d20. Activate only as a sorcery. So the Wizards, because this is the Dungeons and Dragons set, have incorporated rolling a d20 onto various cards. And depending on the roll of the die, you get a different effect. So for this one, if you roll a one through nine, you copy the card that you targeted and you may cast the copy. You still have to pay its mana cost. And then for 10 through 19, you copy that card and you may cast the copy by paying one generic mana rather than paying its mana cost. And then if you roll a 20, copy each card exiled with wizard spellbook you may cast any number of the copies without paying their mana costs so if you roll 20 right off the bat i mean you get that one spell for free i guess but uh seven mana is a lot this seems like this seems like a edh card for sure agreed um yeah any any deck well that wants instant sorceries this is going to be fine the only thing that um, that it should be an instant act, you don't it doesn't need the text activate only as a sorcery because you know you're a wizard you want to be be able to be reactive to everything. I don't know. That's um, I would like rate this pretty like constructed um, EDH constructed. That this is a three, I would say, um, unless you're heavily trying to play around this theme, um, and then in limited this is obviously a you know two i'd say i'll say two yeah. one to two seven mana is a lot for an artifact that conditionally does something yeah i i think i think y'all are around the same part actually i would just say a one I like at seven mana and then to you know 
randomly was it uh randomly generate a number rgn or whatever it's called in mm-hmm. Hearthstone. yeah that that's uh that's a lot to ask for it's a really great card um it'll probably it'll definitely go into my uh thunder collector or conductor or whatever his actual name is um yeah i i guess my only uh uh thing with this card is they should have put that roll d20 on uh mechanic on the crystalline giant from icoria because that's always a pain in the butt to figure out what yeah. you're gonna give it <laughs> but now we see why they didn't do that so um no it's a cool card though edh will love this and um the uh notes on the d20 mechanic this is a randomized d20 um sure you probably can get away with rolling your spin down magic the gathering d20 but you should most likely roll a randomized d20 <laughs> Isn't that awkward though? They give us we, we pay all this money for the nice big chunky dice that are spin down, and now they're gonna have to be like, hmm, do we make the next one random just so they have it? Which would make that dice like unlikable other than for collecting it. Yeah, that's that's kind of a weird spot to be in. Right. So all right, one more thing before I move on. Um uh, is a common thing that I've seen amongst the D20 cards that we have yet to talk about, including this one, is there doesn't seem to be like a way to like lose the die roll. Like there's one on one card that we'll talk about later. There is if you roll a one, you effectively lose. Not the game, but the situation. And like why couldn't it be like if you rolled a one, your opponent got to cast a card for free? That'd make it more exciting. I mean, obviously it'd make the card strictly worse, but it'd make it more exciting and flavorful. I think they just wanted this to be playable and you know a lot of people a lot of complaints right now is that this make this uh set is you know not magic right and which obviously it's a D set and so therefore people are complaining that this shouldn't have been a standard set so i think they wanted to make this as competitive as possible and if you start making it random to where <clears throat> it's really benefiting your opponent then these cards are just not going to get played um you know and part of it is to drag D players into magic whether that'll be successful or not you know remains to be seen mm-hmm. but you you know that's kind of their angle here and i think that's why they didn't punish people so much for these roles but i'm assuming in D, like there are punishing roles yeah like you roll something and like you know yep. you get your head lopped off by the dragon or something so i don't know <laughs> i stand by my opinion uh let's move on to one team Mally Malison Malison, what up Mally? Uh, one in the blue gets you a two-one snake rogue at rare, and Mal- Mally can't be blocked as long as it's attacking alone. All right, that's pretty cool. And then whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you venture into the dungeon tree. What do you think about this one? Um, five in both slots. Um, uh, in in constructed. You know, two mana, two one that can't be blocked. Um, that's totally fine, and it's also a blocker later on, anyways. Um, tag on a combat trick like double strike, and you get to venture twice. Um, and then in constructed, um, if you're building around that that venturing mechanic, this is fantastic because it gets you the damage in, as well as um, in proceeding your game plan as well. So you know, solid five in both fronts. Yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, I think it's a great two drop. Uh, what's kind of funny uh, after looking at a lot of these spoilers, really haven't actually seen a bunch of them, but the ones that I have seen, it has a very Tarkir feel to it. We have another, we have a snake rogue 
we'll see another creature obviously we have dragons um mm-hmm. there was a monk uh, in the white that we didn't get to it's because it's an uncommon but it's a monk like i don't know i didn't realize like monks and dragons and snakes all are like in lores together but i, I guess that's a thing so anyways just thought to point that out D and D is everything, man. Uh, I'm gonna disagree slightly. I think it's closer to being four ish. Like obviously in the decks, I want to do like venturing. It's a strong card, but I wouldn't call this like a bomb. Oh no, yeah. And like, and so that's why I'd say it's more of a four than a five. Like I'm if I'm on arena and someone plays this against me, I'm not gonna immediately hit the concede button. No. Oh, um, sorry. Maybe I missed that. I didn't realize Tree said five. No, I mean this is a three for me. So. Oh, but well. that's yeah. I can't. Yeah. It's a solid card. It's a solid card. I just don't, I mean, yeah. it's not a bomb. So it's, it's very good in the decks that want it. Uh, and then in limited and the two, one unblockable, and we don't know what the limited format's going to be, but as crazy as this is, I could see it being pretty, uh, board stally and two power unblockable ends games. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. I'd, I'd say I'd still give it a three at draft two. Yeah. Just a solid card all the way around. I'm going four. It's, Tree's going five. Coast is going three. So, okay, I like this. <laughs> uh, let's go on to my my early pick for favorite card in the set. We have Dragon Turtle. One blue blue gets you a Dragon Turtle. Three five at rare. It has flash and it has, it says drag below. So they, um, what's Tree, what's the official name for these sort of? It's not like, like mechanic names, but I don't know. It's like story uh, keywords or like yeah, uh, dungeon so. keywords, I think. Yeah, they're the, they're like, they change the keywords to be Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Yeah. So this one says uh, drag below. So when Dragon Turtle enters the battlefield, tap it and up to one target creature an opponent controls. They don't untap during their controller's next untap steps. So it's like a 3-5 kind of tempo-y. 3-5 for 3 with flash and kind of a tempo-y thing. This is just like a really strong mid-range card. I like 4.2. I don't know what deck would want in constructed, but three mana, three, five seems awesome. Costa. Um, if we're talking about for constructed, I don't see it being, uh, extremely powerful. Um, unless dragons have a, a stronger theme, you know, kind of the thing with, uh, Tarkir, that leveled it out was most of the dragons they were like super powerful but they uh, you know cost a lot of mana and then you had like the one dragon that was like you know the best raid it was like thunderbreak region you know four mana four three or something like that um so i think in constructed i mean this is not really going to be played that much um i definitely in draft this card is uh pretty sweet uh, again another three for me and i'm right there with you i love this dragon turtle like i love dragons uh, this is a turtle on top of that like this is a sweet it's a so. kaiju okay it's a kaiju yeah it is a kaiju actually yeah this the, isn't ikoria <laughs> it kind of but seriously though it looks like a kaiju like what the no <laughs> no i can't go in my garuda deck no three cm no oh okay but yeah, my yeah, take on this it's cool. is is that it's a very defensive card, obviously, um, but not very. I don't think it's playable um, in constructed formats, uh, especially because it taps itself and the other one. Although you get your dragon turtle untapping first on the following turn after you untap this, you know, when you're tapping down a blocker. 
um, obviously constructed it's three I would say so um, and so dragon turtle I think it'd be two in two constructed formats so even though it's cheap all right well forget you then um, um so I don't know I'm a, all right when when the set drops I'm gonna do everything I can to make this card viable I don't know <laughs> Let's move on to uh, the Black Staff of Waterdeep. A single blue mana gets you a legendary artifact. You may choose not to untap Black Staff of Waterdeep during your untap step. And then it says, animate walking statue. For one and a blue untap is the activated ability. Another target non-token artifact you control becomes a 4-4 artifact creature for as long as the Black Staff of Waterdeep remains tapped. Activate only as a sorcery. Costa, this card seems like it may be pretty tight. Yeah, this is this card has a lot of potential. Um, you know, prior to Modern Horizons two, uh, we had the um, was it Insole Artifact deck running around where you know that's a red blue deck that is turning your little ornithopters into four fours or five fives, whatever it ends up being. Um, you know, and just bashing your opponent. So this has a lot of potential because it moves the soul artifact uh, ability to other artifacts <clears throat> at your, you know, at your choice. So um, I think again, you know, we talk about mana costs. Uh, you know, I'm just wondering if two mana tapping it is going to be too big of a, a tax, um, you know, to have this card be that flexible. Um, and it's also legendary, so having multiple of them um, isn't going to do much. But yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. I think this will be pretty cool and historic. I haven't played historic in a while, but um, you know there are plenty of artifacts and stuff to you know turn into four fours. So uh, I would say constructed still probably at like the two range until we get more information, just because we don't you know we don't know how good it's going to be in in drafts. Uh, probably like a two or a one. So. I'd say um, as long as there's um, good cheap artifacts in in the format. Um, so in standard, there's ginger brew, there's um, the egg, golden egg, um, things like that. This is going to be pretty much a four um, in 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 those, um, just because you can, you know, make those into four fours, and then once that one's dead, you make another one into a four four. You know, um, in modern. I think it should be okay um, because of the fact that it costs only one, which that that is a the, the deal breaker here. If this costs two, I don't think it would be um, remotely playable um, in the modern format. But in 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 modern, because it costs one, you can sh uh, shove one into that um, affinity deck, and then you could it's already playing blue, so you can you know change your um, ornithopter or your memnite into a four four artifact creature. So in limited i think you have to have a good artifact i'm not sure i mean i see a few good artifacts already but i'm not sure how well you'll be able to pick those up so might be a three or two in limited uh i'm so upset about the whole dragon turtle thing so i don't care about this card <laughs> um next up we have grazalax illithid scholar one blue blue oh that's my dragon turtles casting cost uh you get a legendary creature horror at three two at rare and whenever a creature you control becomes blocked, you may return it to its owner's hand. And whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you draw a card. Tree, um, give me whatever opinion you have on this. Second, just so we can get it out of the this way. Is great for aggressive decks. Um, you can uh, uh, one note Rangavan um, from Modern Horizons Two. You can save it, but just keep attacking in willy nilly. Doesn't matter what. Um, 
it says you may it says any creature right so as many creatures that are blocked you can just return it as long as this is out so um if you have etb effects that you want to redo like fibblethip or like um things to freeze like the frost links or whatever those are all great you know this is a solid card especially limited three or four Yeah, um, I think as far as Commander goes, this is going to be great for all those ninjutsu, ninja decks, um, rogues. You know, this is protecting your rogues or whatever creature, essentially, um, and bouncing back to your hand while the other ones are getting through, triggering ninjutsu, all that stuff. So uh, I think in Commander, this is going to be um, maybe not a staple, but those uh, uh, evasive, aggressive type decks are going to love this. So. Yeah, um, as far as draft goes, um, I mean, this is seems pretty powerful. It only draws you one card when it connects, uh, so I would put that in like the three point five range. Um, if every creature triggered it, you know, the it could be a four, maybe even a five, but kind of at the three point five for draft. It's no Toski. It is no Toski. I think the card is cool. I give it a Dragon Turtle out of five. Uh, that is our, that was our last blue card. Moving on, we are going on to black, and we are starting off with the Book of Vile Darkness. Black, black, black gets you a legendary artifact at Mythic. At the beginning of your end step, if you lost two or more life this turn, create a two-two black zombie creature token, and then for tapping it and exiling the Book of Vile Darkness and artifacts you control named the Eye of Vecma and the hand of vecna create vecna a legendary 88 black zombie god creature token with indestructible and it gains all triggered abilities of all the exiled cards mm. so i don't think we have actually seen what these other two cards are yet but a three mana artifact that poops out zombies whenever you hurt yourself because it has to be on your turn uh, <laughs> Seems man, I really want to see what these other two cards are though. I want to figure out what you can do to lose life on your own turn. <laughs> uh, we have some Necropotence. <laughs> uh we I'm drawing a blank, but I know we have something that's like, you know, pay some life to every black card draw spell. Oh, and you also like for standard you have the lands that you know, you pay three life to have them untapped. All the all the mythic ones were in. Oh card, yeah, so. yeah. Okay. So there's there's a there's a few different things there. Um, this is definitely like a build around thing in constructive. Like you can't just jam this into everything that has black. So, uh, and again, we'll have to see. You know what these, uh, you know, eye of Vena and hand of Vena are. Um, honestly, it just sounds like pieces of a floating head. But anyways, <laughs> uh. Yeah, like, I mean, this is really cool. Uh, I think Commander is going to use this pretty well for sure. Um, don't know what it's going to do in Constructed, and this is probably borderline unplayable in Draft. <laughs> oh, oh, I can... If you open every single pack and get each of the three pieces, that that will be very Oh, incredible. you're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, you're going to do that. While we're talking sure. about Magical Christmas Land... <laughs> Okay, I'm done. 
Yes. Sorry. I guess you were saying something. You were just I'm saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Magical Christmas land is exactly what's going on here. Yes. I feel like we can't properly evaluate this card until we know what these other two cards do. Agreed. I don't know. I think I think even knowing what the other card two cards do, like Tree just said, if we're talking specifically for draft, it's I can almost guarantee that those cards are anywhere from like uncommon all the way up to mythic. So if it's any of that, then you can just straight up say, mm, "What are we looking at dealing two damage to yourself every time?" Right? Like that's where we're at with this card. This is a commander, whatever number you want it to be. <laughs> uh, Let's move on to a card I think is really sick. It is Ebon Death Dracolich. Two black black. It's your legendary creature, Zombie Dragon. It's a 5-2 at Mythic. It has flash. It has flying. It enters the battlefield tapped, and you may cast it from your graveyard if a creature not named Ebon Death Dracolich died this turn. Is black aggro back on the table? I think think with this it might be i mean that's pretty powerful a five two flying flash um uh, yeah that's sweet i would I say i would say um it's definitely you, you know the the pest the the golgari witherbloom school definitely has that kind of capability to play this easily since all the pests yeah, are going to be dying um mono black aggro um it could be if the pieces are there to make the mono black aggro deck but like well, just wait till we have the next card that we're going to talk about. Um, this might, this is, this is up. This is, I think this is getting pretty close to Dragon Turtle power levels, in my own opinion. Yeah, I mean, no, it's it's pretty powerful. Um, I mean, I agree exactly what Tree said. I run the the pest deck. It's like my favorite standard deck, even though it's like not that powerful. But it does have, you know, shells, uh, or it's the shell that I have is very capable of doing some crazy stuff. This would turn it way more like creature attack aggressive base kind of deck. But um, the only thing that concerns me with this is uh, two toughness. Uh, like while all drains and standard, it's kind of unplayable because uh, Bone Crusher is like literally everywhere. Um, I think after rotation, that's where this card gets a little more exciting. So I expect this card actually to be rather cheap. Uh, for a while if it's you know not seeing a bunch of playing and then then it'll be you know maybe a little more expensive because it'll actually have some some play so yep so i'm gonna go 4.5 out of 5 in limited and maybe a future four out of five and constructed down the line maybe standard constructed at least definitely yeah. definitely five um in limited for me um three to four for um, constructed formats. I'm very conservative. I'm going like a 3.5. Like, I think it's powerful, but that two, that two toughness. So I'm like a 3.5 right now. I'll, I'll probably be, y'all probably be right on this one though. It'd probably be closer to a five, but 3.5 unlimited. All right. Well, speaking of two toughness, what a segue that was. Next up, we have white. Uh, one in the black for a zombie soldier, three, two at rare. It enters the battlefield tapped. It has life drain. Whenever a creature dealt damage by white this turn dies, create a tapped 2-2 black zombie creature token and exile that card. <clears throat> so it's a 2-mana 3-2 that whenever it trades in combat, you get another 2-2. That is very, very strong. Doesn't actually even have to trade, right? Because it just says when a creature is yeah. dealt damage. So. If they chump it, 
That, there you go. Let's well, yeah, if you have like a way to give this indestructibility or soup it up in some way, like, yeah, this card will just do some work. Um, I think in Constructed, it, it, it's still on the lower end, though. I think it's like a, you know, two to three, more of like a, a filler body that you need for your curve. But uh, this definitely can have some potential. The fact that it exiles a card is, is also powerful. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I got nothing else to say, you know. This is pretty solid. I feel like if there's any black X aggro deck, this is at least a three. I don't, I don't know. Like if, if you're running an aggressive deck and you're black in it, I feel like you run this 99% of the time. Yeah, no, I agree. I guess I'm still, I'm still learning our new um, power guide mechanic here mm-hmm. because in my mind, I think of anything that kind of, you know, if it's a two drop, right? An aggressive two drop, is it replaceable by the other? And I think that's where it starts to separate itself. So maybe you're right that it's like mm. the higher end of that. But I think as a two drop filler, it does its job. So moving on, we have the gelatinous cube Two black black for a four, three ooze at rare. It says engulf. So when it enters the battlefield, you exile target non ooze creature and opponent controls until gelatinous cube leaves the battlefield. But it also has Dissolve. For X in a black, you put target creature with mana value X exiled with Gelatinous Cube into its owner's graveyard. The flavor of this card just blows my mind. This is so clever. It's missing. Tree, you seem like you want to talk about it. It's missing. What's it missing? It's missing. um, There was the Mimeoplasm when, you know, ECB's exiling two cards from the graveyard to get the plus X plus Y. It's missing that. That needs to be on this card, but it's not, which saddens me because if it dissolves and it gains the power of toughness, you know, whenever you eat something, it grows bigger. The ooze needs to grow bigger. Okay, I, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, no, funny enough, that's funny that you said flavor. I actually do really like the flavor of this. This reminds me of like when I was little and the sci fi, like horror movies used to come on, like on sci fi TV. And it was, I don't know, like Tales from the Crypt or something. It was always like some ooze and it was like, you know, eating everybody or whatever. So I think it's actually a pretty good win because I always think of oozes being green. So black is is correct for this card. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the power level, uh, you know, it's just one of those rares that people are going to like playing, but I don't see it doing much. Um, I guess the only difference is that it pseudo removes a creature. And then if you have the mana, it completely removes over creature in some aspects. So um, that may be something, but at four mana, I, unless we're going back to a very mid range style standard, at least uh, I don't see this making huge waves. It's no ravenous chupacabra here or necrotol. I agree with that. That is also- remove something. It's also not a black sky clave apparition. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, this is going to be a shoe in for my Garuda EDH deck because it costs four. Uh, speaking of four, it's going to be a four in that deck. And in, uh, I feel like this is really strong in limited, like oh. 3.5 to four ish. Yeah, four, I would go with a four in limited. Same here. All right. Moving on, our last black card we're talking about is Sphere of Annihilation. 
X in a black gets you an artifact at rare. It enters a battlefield with X void counters on it. And at the beginning of your upkeep, exile Sphere of Annihilation and all creatures and planeswalkers with mana value less than or equal to the number of void counters on it. And all creatures and planeswalkers in the graveyard with mana value less than or equal to the number of void counters on it. All right, I have very strong opinions of these cards, but I want to hear what y'all think. Costa. Of course me. Uh, I'm, I'm evaluating it, but I guess the thing that it reminds me of is like, pernicious deed i probably need to read this card again because there's nothing like it but um or even like engineer explosives maybe because all creatures play walker yeah i mean this seems powerful um yeah so i would say it's you know on that pernicious deed uh level uh for y'all to know it's like what is it x green no it's a uh, one it's, it's one level. yeah for the enchantment and then you can pay x to nuke to nuke right yeah. so so it's it's a lot quicker you know if you have the mana for it this you need to upkeep so uh i think this is a, a strong cyborg card and constructed very much so it is one less mana for the same effect of a shadow's verdict but just a turn later um if there was any way to cast this at instant speed the sphere of annihilation would be you know pretty good um but alas it doesn't so it's gonna be hard to say in constructed because that's where you should be playing it, but definitely in limited. This is definitely a four, um, a three or four because if you're playing sort of control style, you can get rid of whatever creatures you can't deal with. Um, but in limited, uh, I would still say like a three. Um, I'm not sure where you can use it effectively. I think this card sucks. <laughs> Who wants a board wipe where you're like, okay, now I have to wait a turn after I invested this man into it. Right. I just, I, it just, it just seems way too slow. Like, I feel like the decks that want board wipes, they want to wipe them now. They don't want to give their opponent another turn to kill them. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably end up playing out that way. It's just that the, the fact that it's like, we're moving it, you know, the field and the graveyard, right? Like, um, you know, it has a lot of applications to it. Um, the decks, like I said, that are going to want it are going to want it, but you're right. It probably is too slow. The one saving grace is the fact that extinction events going to rotate soon, but I just don't, I don't like this card at all. I, it's a zero. It's a zero. Don't play it in anything. Not even pack wars. If you open one in pack wars, tear it up. <laughs> uh, but that concludes our black and we're going to move on to red. And we're going to kick things off with a Planeswalker. We have Zariel, Arc Duck. Wait, Arc Duke? <laughs> what? They're like whips, like covering. Yeah, that's kind of a terrible. That is. What? Nice. Who designed this? Yeah. Arc Duke of Avernus. No, 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 no. It's Zariel, Arc Duck of Avernus. Two red, red. Gets you a four loyalty Planeswalker at Mythic. Has the loyalty abilities of plus one and creatures. You control, get plus one, plus oh, and gain haste until end of turn. All right, I like it. Uh, for zero, you create a 1-1 one, one red devil creature token with when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. And then for minus six, you get an emblem, and at the end of your first combat phase on your turn, untap target creature you control. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. I'm getting it out of the way right now. If I open one of these, it's going my Atali deck. Even though a four mana planeswalker that gives haste is not very good, but if I ever get to ultimate, come on, Itali. <laughs> five out of five in that deck. Let's go. Um, 
And then y'all can handle the other stuff. I don't care. <laughs> First off, uh, Planeswalker, four mana for four loyalty is perfectly fine. That's four mana, four life. Um, or basically, but the plus one. Um, the 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 note about this is all creatures you control gain plus one plus zero in haste until end of turn. So you can like spit out a whole bunch of uh, cheap creatures and then just pump them off and attack, which is really really good. Um, the second one, a zero ability that makes a creature is fantastic um most most creatures most planeswalkers that have uh have minus one uh or minus two abilities to get a creature to protect itself but <clears throat> the fact that this is a zero is really really good um and then if you ever get to ultimate then um you know it's a it's not a game-winning ultimate but it is uh, the incremental um combat extra combat step so if you've got like a big four four flyer you know attack in untap it attack in again you can win the game so you know in five uh five for unlimited for limited con uh, formats and then you'll definitely have to find home for this in constructive format so a three to start off with <clears throat> yeah i think i agree with most of that um yeah my issue is where it fits on the curve like a four mana am i playing you know, i really wanted to play this uh, you know zero make a creature and then turn five you know I'm playing a creature, but if you're in red, I mean, you already have gold span, so that already has haste, so that's not really helping that, but it's adding a damage. Um, yeah, it that part is kind of harder to evaluate. I don't know if we've had planeswalkers that give haste. At least we, if we have, I, I haven't seen them played as much. I think there was like a, a Domri back in uh, Allegiance that did that, but they didn't see play, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an aggressive build, definitely a five and limited solely because it, it zeroes out a, a token that deals one damage. Um, again, I agree with you there. It's probably a three right now and constructed until proven otherwise. And commander, uh, commanders where I think this will be much more powerful. Like I can see this going in my prospect. My prospect is like, it like teeters on the line of being it's not CDH, but it's a very powerful deck. And sometimes I want to play it more casually. So if I like have this out, play Prosh, give all my little kobolds plus one and let them swing, like that's a much more lax version of it. So I think this is that this Planeswalker will do the most work in, in Commander because of the fun aspects of it. Itali! <laughs> all right. Next up, we have Flame Skull. One red red gets you a 3-1 skeleton at Mythic. It has flying. It can't block, but it has rejuvenation. When Flame Skull dies, you exile it. If you do, exile the top card of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play one of those cards. I really wish this had haste. I really, really wish this had haste. Yeah, I think since it can't block, uh, haste probably would have been better for this card i know shaver was really high on this but yeah the fact that it doesn't have haste and at three mana i mean if you're playing against another aggressive deck i mean they just you can never block with this and they kind of had you have you on the beat so i don't know uh i mean maybe this card does play out better than what i'm giving credit for but i'm kind of like i don't know like at a 3.5 and limited and another three and, and constructed right now it's really hard for me to evaluate this three drop 
Um, the one, the reason why it doesn't have haste because it's not a phoenix. So <laughs> most phoenixes should have haste. It's a red creature. It's, red creature, it's an it's aggro red, red creature. creature. Yeah, it's a it's a phoenix, but it's not a phoenix. But yet it's a phoenix because the art depicts like these flaming eyes that look like wings that look like a phoenix. Excuse yeah. me, because exactly. it has- it's a phoenix possessing a skull. <laughs> if it was, that's why it's flame skull. It should have been. You just can't see it. It's inside it. Get off me, tree. Okay. Well, a three-one flyer is is fantastic for three. You know, um, it's like you play a three-mana three-three um, that can evade easily. Um, and then what about flash? No, no flash on this. You know, I think it's perfectly good right where it is, especially when you can keep getting it back every single time. It's sort of like a um, um, squee. You know, a more powerful squee that keeps coming back. I play a lot of mono red on arena. I think this is like a two. <laughs> like no, right, so like your three drops, like you have you're not, you won't run this over Anax. No. No, you won't run this over what's the what's the 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 escape Phoenix? Oh, what's it called? Um, Ash uh Phoenix. Phoenix of Ash. Phoenix of Ash. Yes. Yeah, you won't you won't run this over that. Mm-mm. And at that point, you're done with your three drops. So, like, may- well, rotation's going to happen. Uh, this will go up. Both Phoenix and uh, Anax are going away. So, it just seems it just seems like like an aggressive red deck, three mana that can't attack right away, and doesn't like do give anything else to the rest of your creatures. It just seems too slow for an aggro red creature to me. Yep, I give it a two. Yeah, I mean, evaluating all this in a vacuum outside of, or sorry, post-rotation, I mean, it's hard to say, because even then, like you said, the fact that it, I mean, the evasion makes it better, but that can't block thing does come up quite a bit sometimes. I mean, I don't know how many times I've had, um, oh, what's a little dwarf that could, he's a 3-1, and he's got the adventure mechanic. Mm -hmm. Rimrock Knight? Yeah, Rimrock. (laughs) There's like so many times, like... I'm facing another aggro deck and I'm like, Oh, I have a blocker. I'm like, no, I don't have a blocker because this guy can't block for whatever reason. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think three is respectable because of the recursion aspect of this, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Micah, that it's gonna, there's some slots. I mean, the three, the the three slot, the three slot in mono red is always competitive. Like it's not a high, dense slot and that's the reason why because you have to really pick what do you want as you're close to top end and red as the the fact that it can't block means i feel like you have to look at this as like an in terms of an aggro deck and for that it's just too slow i'd rather have like another burn spell or something agreed <clears throat> agreed uh moving on we have Delina, Wild Mage. Three and a red. Get your legendary creature, Elf Shaman, 3-2 at rare. When Delina, Wild Mage, attacks, choose target creature you control, and then roll a d20. If you roll a 1 through 14, you create a tapped and attacking token. That's a copy of that creature, except it's not legendary, and it has exile this creature at the end of combat. All right, this is really strong. And then for 15 through 20, you create one of those tokens, and then roll again. All right, this card's dope. Um, this is no for EDH. This, I'll, we all agree. Uh, this is not a constructed card. Uh, three, two for four mana that doesn't have the hasty thing. Um, yeah, more, more than likely not constructed, but it'll just depend on support with it. But yeah, no, EDH is, yeah, 
Yeah, on, on like mono red ETB tribal. Um, and then uh, Atali. <laughs> oh my gosh! Copy here. Atali. Oh, let's go! Let's go! Yes, get get my deck. Get my deck. Um, yeah, there's five fives all around. <laughs> five, just give it a five. It's amazing. I think in in limited format, the it's a it's a one shot. Um, at, by the time you tax on turn five, um, the opponent will probably have creatures to block it, and um, you may be able to um, copy something else. Hopefully, you have something big, but if you don't, then you know you're copying a small little dude. Um, but yeah, it's 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 probably a three, two or three in in. Oh, I mean, just a solid three in in limited for me. Uh, I agree with all that. All right. Well, Tree said big. So moving on, we have Zalto, Fire Giant Duke, three red red, gets you a legendary creature, Giant Barbarian, seven three at rare, has trample, and whenever it is dealt damage, you venture into the dungeon. This is the card you kind of want to, because you can play the Delina on four, then cast this on five, and then uh, attack, and you don't have to choose a creature because that's already attacking. You just choose the Zalto, homie. Yep. Yeah, this is definitely the support card. Um, as it stands alone, uh, the three toughness, I, I get it. I mean, this is meant to, you know, one and done kind of thing, big damage. Uh, I think four mana probably would have been fine for this. Uh, at five mana with no haste. Yeah, I'm not very high on this card, but... I think it's meh. Yeah, I think it's meh. I think like in... Um, limited. It's one you know, shot. You're probably looking at a three. Yeah, you one shot. So you're looking like at a three. So it, you know that's cool. It, another venture card. So and then like a one or two in constructed. <laughs> Moving on, we have Meteor Swarm X Red, Red, and another Red for a sorcery at rare. Meteor Swarm deals 8 damage divided as you choose among X target creatures and or planeswalkers. Why couldn't they just give this and make this an instant? Um, well, I feel like this is this is 4 mana to do 8 damage to something. At sorcery that's, speed. That's 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 a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of damage for that's what 4 shocks. Yeah, it is. All but... right, so 4 damage kill a creature. That's been a black um, common for like a year now. But then you do five, you can kill two creatures. It does get, it's not that great. You know, it's, the, it's serviceable. The trail that y'all are, are walking on is this is great and limited. <laughs> Beyond that. Uh, this is fine. Else. Three red pips. Uh, this is, I feel like this is fine and limited. I give it like a three and limited. I give it a 3.5. That's kind of where I'm hovering at. But I, like, if a tree makes a point, like, yes, three pips, um, you know, is probably a hard price to pay. But if you're already committing to that with just killing one creature, then any creature you kill on top of that, I mean, it can really swing a game in your favor again. And I think for that reason, yep. uh, I'll, I'll go a little bit higher and agree with tree on this one, at least for limited. Yep. For anything else constructed, it's no. It's, Cannot target you know, a player. <laughs> <laughs> cannot target a well we'd be talking a little different it's a rare <laughs> oh, what all right 
this is they need to push the red spells more in my opinion. Um, <laughs> next up, we have Wish. Two and a red for a sorcery at rare. You may play a card you own from outside the game this turn. And that means your sideboard, you can't go diving. You can't drive home, go to your collection, pick up a card that you want to cast in that specific moment in whatever game you're playing this. Drive back to your LGS and then cast an SB in your sideboard. Um, Tree, do you like this wish? I like this wish. I mean, it's, you know, it's like the you can just play it this turn. So if you most wish cards, you put it into your hand, put the card into your hand. But this is, um, you play it the turn. This turn you need it. You need to go off this turn, so you play it. Um, you're able to get that piece. Um, so this is, you know, fantastic for any combo deck that needs needs the piece to get there. And again, I will agree with that and say, yeah, this is not a red card because this is a this is another avenue that a combo deck has to jump through so for that aspect and design i do like it you know it's not um you know three mana basically you're paying a three mana tax on having access to something in your sideboard um so i'm sure someone will make this ridiculous but i think just as a standalone card for standard i think it's going to be fine it's going to have some cool flexibility um i'd give it like in the decks that are actually making use of it is like a four and but the overall level and, and constructed is like a like a one or a two and then unlimited um i think this is mostly going to play out as a two i think yeah mm-hmm. as costa knows i do not believe in sideboards so yeah this card's a one uh moving on we have orb of Dragonkind. One to red for an artifact at rare. You pay one and tap it to add two mana in any combination of colors. Spend this mana only to cast dragon spells or activate abilities of dragons. And for red and tap and sack it, you look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal a dragon card from among them and put it into your hand and put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. What do y'all think of this new Mind Stone that's exclusive to dragon EDH decks? I think I would have liked it if it was just tap it to make the mana because all you're really doing here, so you pay one and tapping this, so it's like I guess you can sort of think of it as pseudo ramp, yeah, like the signet. But I mean, I just don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna be that playable in standard. Uh, Commanders will love this. I mean, it says dragon on there. It does something for a dragon. It looks for a dragon. It blesses a dragon. It does everything for dragons. So they're gonna like this. There's nothing wrong with it. I think in in constructed formats, this is for any dragon constructed formats. This is going to be fine. Um, uh, just uh, having a, a, a mind stone or a signet in in that format to ramp out your dragons is going to be huge. And late game, this gets you more dragons. So you know, it's going to be fine in there. So solid three in constructed. Speaking of dragons. Next up, we have Minion of the Mighty. A single red mana gets you an 0-1 Kobold at rare. It has Menace, but also has Pack Tactics. Whenever a Minion of the Mighty attacks, if you attack with creatures with total power 6 or greater this combat, you may put a Dragon creature card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. Have either of y'all seen the turn 2 uh, win with this card before? How? No. Uh, for standard, uh, you turn 1 this, turn 2, Infuriate, Infuriate, attack with it. And then you put that uh, Theros dragon that gives uh, 
everything attacking double strike. It's a, you have to have all you have to, like, your opening hand is mountain mountain this if you're if you're right that dragon like terror it's like terror of mount oh that that Vesuvius okay. or something yep mm-hmm. Mount Vesuvius <laughs> uh, uh, so it's it's magical Christmas land but when this card was spoiled a lot of people were like oh you could do this and win on turn two and some people got upset and it's like yes you can why <laughs> <laughs> if you pull it off round of applause for you right uh, i mean i do like actually this theme i guess that really is the theme of this dnd is like mm-hmm. there are a lot of christmas land scenarios so i guess there's like a oops all spell deck and standard is what i'm hearing um you basically will never get any of them but you could always have the chance of hitting all of them uh yeah i like the card um a zero one I, I, it's definitely on theme with a kobold but I just don't think this will be playable. Um, they're they have to. They're going to need to put in a lot of dragons, a lot of meaningful dragons, and I just don't see this being a thing. And this even like is that what a kobold is? Is like a little baby lizard dragon? Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's not. It looks a lot it's not stronger. A dragon though. <laughs> no, but I mean, look at it. it looks like it looks kind of like a dragon. Like it's like if it had some wings, it'd be a dragon. They're like little minion creatures. They usually they usually serve big giant dragons. Right. Well, this looks like a buffed minion, and it doesn't look like a zero one. It looks like a it's, one two. All right, it's a trick, Costa. You see the camera perspective? It's from the down facing up. Mm-hmm. It's it's a trick. This thing's actually like two feet tall, dude. But he's sitting in fire. Like I can't even sit in fire, and I'm like, you no, know, all you see three. is fire around him. Okay, dude, it's literally f- like burning his trousers as we speak, Micah. Atali mm-hmm. six power. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, what am I? What dragon is in my? I, I have a, like glory bringer and like gold span in there. I don't know. But all right, that's um. I give this card zero out of one. I don't what, know. Whatever dragons here uh, stays on the battlefield. So if you can do that, if it doesn't matter what kind of dragon you get, um, I think this would be fine. You know, the the turn one, turn two, inferior, inferior, maybe even turn three or four. You know. And then put down a dragon, that's going to be fine. I think it's going to be. I think this is actually more constructive playable than the magical Christmas land kind of thing. So that's mm-hmm. that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm going with like a, a one or a two in standard. Maybe actually, maybe just even a zero, unless you're in the the Christmas Cobalt deck and then unlimited. It's also another Christmas zero. <laughs> All right, that was the last red card we're talking about. On to green, and first up, we have Tarosk. Six green, green, green. Nine total mana. Gives you a legendary creature, Dinosaur. Uh, when Tarosk enters battlefield, if it was cast, it gains haste and ward 10. And when it attacks, it fights target creature defending player controls. Um, I feel like this is a very large uh, two. <laughs> it's a bulk mythic. Yeah, it should have been a rare. <laughs> this nine man is expensive and it you want if you're gonna spend nine man on a card it better like win you the game and this isn't gonna do that no. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't even have trample you know if it had no trample, trample you know that'd be fine i cast this into my token opponent's board and cry this one yeah. one death viper kills it <laughs> yeah not much to say here it's it's maybe like a two or three in limited and you know standard probably just won't even see play so 
Next up, we have Instrument of the Bards. A single green mana gets you a legendary artifact at the beginning of your upkeep. You may pay... Wait, wow. You may put a harmony counter on Instrument of the Bards. And then has the activated ability. Three in green, tap it, search a library for a creature card with mana value equal to the number of harmony counters on Instrument of the Bards. Reveal it, put it into your hand. If that card is legendary, you make a treasure token and then you shuffle. This is a rare... Um, this seems like a really sweet card in EDH decks, and I'll let y'all handle the other ones. For one mana, uh, this is one? great. This is great. I think so. Um, sure, you can only what do that on four mana, but like, so you play turn one, right? And then turn two, turn three, turn four, you should have three counters on it. Um, so you get something for CMC three. Um, and it was combo piece or something. It says... Oh, it says equal to it, so it's mm-hmm. not that great. Never mind. It's the like ether vial style. It's not three or less. Damn it! Why do they keep fixing these numbers things? You know. But you don't have to put the <clears throat> harmony counter on it. It's a yeah, mana. But if you're paying four mana yeah. for for a two mana thing, yeah, I, I don't think this is playable. I, I think this is too fixed. Mm. Um, you know, they wanted to make sure that I guess you couldn't break this but this is this is way too fixed like i think i think two mana to activate this ability would have been fine i could even say three mana but four Mm-mm, yeah mm, you're just kind of like an unplayable definitely i'd say like a oh god edh yeah edh uh like a 2.5 and limited because it is well actually in limited um maybe because you're I think if you're going to have a high curve, it's usually like in the threes. I know some people do the twos, but just, you know, depending on how this format plays out, I could see this being like a solid three and limited, but mm-hmm. yeah, not constructive play. Well, I mean, it puts into your hand. It doesn't even put it on the battlefield. So like, well, it's good for limited because if it put it in the field, it would be too strong. I think. Okay. Well, I mean, for four mana, I mean, if it was if, like, if it's four mana and you put it on the battlefield, I think that's reasonable. But if it's put in your hand, it should be like two or three. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I guess I, in my just experience with playing limited, like anything that puts a creature onto the fields in limited, you're probably just winning the game if it's like a repetitive process. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how strong that card is. It's just free card advantage for you because you're drawing a card, you're playing this and you know you saw that card in hand so it's like uh well i guess i can just keep running these things out and if my opponent has a board wipe i'll just go find something else so yeah yeah Um, nothing more it's green and it tutors creatures i am in an edh can't wait to turn four catch turn one turn four you tap you find your fierce empath then boom you can find lots of things uh next up we have frog hemoth Three green green for a four four frog horror at rare it has trample and haste. And whenever frog hemoth deals combat damage to a player, exile up to that many target cards from their graveyard, put a plus one plus one counter on frog hemoth for each creature card exile this way. And you gain one life for each non creature card exile this way. Uh, this seems potent. Uh, once questing beast rotates, I could see this taking that kind of curve topper and like green ag- aggressivist decks. Not with uh, Battle so Mammoth like, on five. I think... Oh, uh, isn't this... It's the same mana uh, cost, and Battle Mammoth is a 6-5. <laughs> it says haste. It does have haste, yes. Agreed. And and the 
first time you get it gets in, it can probably get big. It's probably getting bigger. Five and limited. And the mammoth, and the mammoth is has foretell, so it it might not always even play in your curve the same way. I think they actually live together pretty well. Oh, okay, um, yeah, that's right, that's true. So, I think this card, uh, limited. Yeah, I think this will be a, a standard. Probably just be a standard all star. I mean, that's probably too early to tell, but yeah, standard all star. Uh, definitely going to be powerful and limited. Um, this is probably just good enough to play as oddly as it sounds, even in uh, Commander, just because it exiles cards in a graveyard, which is, uh, you know, a lot of Commander players have actually moved away from having those effects because people just realize, like, it only takes a few cards to, like, destroy a reanimator deck. So right. um, there's a lot of applications. So I'd say, like, a 4.5 in limited and probably, like, a solid 4 and and constructed yeah okay i can agree with those numbers uh next up we have varus silvery moon ranger one green green for legendary creature human elf wait human elf ranger oh this is a half elf creature uh it's a three three at rare it has reach and ward one and whenever you cast a creature or planeswalker spell venture into the dungeon this ability triggers only once each turn and whenever you complete a dungeon you get to make a two two green wolf creature token Fantastic. Solid card. Mm-hmm. Three, three for three. Breach. Can get value. Let's go. Yep. Yeah, three, three for yeah. I, yeah, there's something about this that, that I think I think that completing a dungeon part is irrelevant, and maybe I'm just under evaluating the the dungeon mechanic altogether. <sighs> But, I think by the time you like finish a dungeon, a two-two isn't that relevant. <laughs> think- right, right. That's what I'm saying. I think it's underwhelming in that part. But yeah, it's a three-three with ward one, so that's fine. I would say think about it this way. Um, so in limited aspect, um, three mana, three-three. You know, perfectly fine. Reach ward, even better. And then it has the ability of um, venturing uh, when you cast a creature or placewalker spell. So you're going to be casting mostly creatures in limited format. So you're going to be have a reliable venture trigger. So then. I think you should be able to complete dungeons fairly um, often with this card in limited, at least. Um, in constructed, uh, you'll have to, you know, build completely around this. But I think elves is a fantastic um, thing. You know, um, just being able to cast the cheap elves quick, like ten, and venture in the dungeon a lot quicker. So I think that's just one way to approach it. So maybe three, three and a half in constructed. And I think at least four in limited. Uh, next up, we have. Is this translation right? Ochre jelly? Ochre jelly? Um, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, it's a ge- jelly, gelatinous thing. Ochre jelly. <laughs> uh, either way, it's X and a green for a ooze with trample. It's a zero zero. Uh, it enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, and it has divide. Whenever whatever it's called dies, if it had two or more plus one plus one counters, you create a token that's a copy of it at the beginning of the next end step, and that token enters the battlefield with half of those plus one plus one counters rounded down. So if you can keep on putting plus one plus one counters on it, um, then it just sticks around forever. And considering that we already there's a at least a shell for a plus one plus one counters that can standard. Um, how much of that is rotating though? Soon, like Conclave Mentor is um, yeah, that's rotating. rotating. Yeah. Uh, you, you still have Aspirant. You're gonna still have Swarm Shambler. 
Uh, Old Traveler is in. Yeah, we still have it. It's in from Zendikar. Yeah. Uh, so this might be a like a three-ish thing in standard and uh, a Hydra thing to trample that dies into another creature is fine and limited. So that's like threes all around. Uh, yeah, you just actually kind of made me sad. I forgot about Clonclave Mentor rotating. I actually really liked that card. Uh, Can I interest you in Historic? <laughs> uh, yeah, but Historic is just on another level of, of broken, stupid things. Like It's like the modern of standard which i guess that doesn't make sense but <laughs> but you kind of catch my drift like like that this is just too slow that's um, way too fair <laughs> okay yeah, that's way too fair i have a hear me out this in modern hardened scales perfectly fine i don't play modern so because you for my opinion uh i mean the problem is you just have path now you have the the new one at sorcery speed if it wasn't exiling um portable hole yeah portable (laughs) hole yeah we forgot about that card there's just too many exile effects otherwise i would totally agree with that but as it stands unlimited uh this is probably just a five honestly the fact that it just keeps on coming back especially if it's late game you know you drop like six mana into this or something um you know it's going to come back twice like right because it'd be no no, no, no. yeah because it come, it'd come back it'd be a six six and then a three three and then a one one yeah yeah so come back twice yeah so like just that alone i think makes it very powerful maybe maybe i i say it's maybe four ish like 4.2 ish in limit just because i don't think someone cast this and you're immediately going to be like okay i'm screwed no. You kill it once, and then it's it's just such a more manageable creature. I mean, yeah, it's, it feels good when. All right, so I'm I, I'm not down on board, but I think the resource taxing. Like I look at it this way: like if I have this creature and they have to use a combat trick, three for ones. Yeah, exactly. Like you use if you have to use a combat trick or a removal spell, that's one card out of their hand. Then they have to do it again, and there's a chance that you have a combat trick, right? So you know that might even add another card like the resource management it isn't like i know like if we talk about limited resources like the thing is like uh, you know a bomb is like they come back and win or whatever like but for me i also evaluate cards on like how many cards am i removing from my opponent's hand and is it still removing that card altogether you know what i mean so i think I think that's why I put it like, I mean, it's probably not a five, it's probably a 4.5, but you get my drift. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. a very powerful. Card. It has trample. Oh, yeah. Let's it, go. It says Arroya. So, yeah, trample. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Good for you, card, whatever your name is. Uh, we hope to figure that out sooner or later. Uh, next up, we have Werewolf Pack Leader. Green, green gets you a 3 3. Nice. 2 3 3. For a human werewolf at rare. Has pack tactics whenever werewolf pack leader attacks. If you attack with creature with total power six or greater this combat, draw a card. All right, that's really good. And then for three and a green until end of turn, werewolf pack leader has base power and toughness five three, gains trample, and isn't a human. This seems very strong in mono green stompy. Um, yeah, shout out to my boy Aaron Sampson. Um, he made a little prediction. Not a hard one, obviously, but it is a human werewolf and we're going to Innistrad, so uh, thanks for pointing that out to me. Um, this looks... Is it like a, a wolf head stapled onto a woman? It looks like it. I think it's transforming into a werewolf. It's like mid-process. Right. Yeah. 
She's changing. She's very upset. That's why she's looking so angrily at the camera. Like, oh, he's it's low. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> sorry, Trey. I cut you off. Oh, oh no. Is this, um, in terms of, oh, you know, a two mana three, three, you know, fantastic, great power. So solid four, at least in limited. Um, and then in constructed, you have to do you know, mono green something. And this will be fine. Um, it by itself, um, if you use the pump ability and attack with with this and something else, you know, you get the pack tactics. Um, that isn't hard to do because you're going to be getting to that four mana anyways. But the the five three isn't that much, you know. The gaining trample might be good, but like it, should, it could just be like a five five, you know. That's that would be fine. It's not too powerful in effect. So I think this actually be pretty popular uh, before uh, before rotation, even because. Uh, uh, I had a bunch of like green dailies to do on arena, so I tried to make that like mono green stompy deck. And the two drop slot is actually kind of scarce. And this is might be a shoe in and become make that deck a little bit more potent in the couple months before rotation happens. Then yeah, we'll have to potent, he says. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually, I'm I, educated. <laughs> I actually, run the mono green stompy for the same reason because I'm trying to fill out um, the dailies and yeah, the two drop. Uh, the the two drop slot is is always bare, so this will work in there nicely. Uh, I think for limited, it's probably like a three, three point five. I love doing that, right? Um, just because it's a three mana three three, so it does need support, uh, but it does great in when it does. Two mana three three. Uh, sorry, uh, two mana three three. Thank you. And then um, for constructed, another another three. So I just think threes across. I'll go up to 3.5 and constructed, but yeah, I agree. Just in like limited, like the it's going to be outclassed in my turn four. But next up, we have probably one of the sweetest cards in this set. Uh, we have Circle of Dreams Druid, uh, also known as Magus of the Cradle. Uh, green, green, green gets you an Elf Druid 2 1 at rare, and it taps to add green for each creature you control. So it's Gaia's Cradle on a creature. Why didn't they name this Magus of the Cradle? But either way, this card is super dope, and I really hope to open one. Isn't Rafelos the same thing? No, Rafelos adds a green for each forest you control. And then the mm-hmm. other, um, the Arch Druid is uh, for each elf you control. Yeah. So. Also Priest of Titania. I guess the question is, is this card fixed? Because that's kind of where kind of where we're at. I would I would think so because for the same reason you just said Archdruid, but the fact that this uh you know makes a green for any creature type um is this card fixed? And the answer probably is yes. Two one triple green like I almost feel like they did everything they could here to make sure that this card would not get out of hand. So it's a powerful effect. So um mm-hmm. I mean Archdruid level I it's gonna be it's gonna play the same as Archdruid, except it doesn't have the, the anthem effect that Archdruid has. So I think it it'll be fine. Um I don't know where you would do it in standard unless you're playing elves. And so only you're gonna be adding pretty much forest for elves you can show anyways. There's a mono green deck out there, I'm sure. Um, Does it go I, wide? You don't have any... Yeah, I'd have to go wide. You have to make some tokens. So you could run um, the two drop elf from Kaldheim that, like, when you cast an elf the first time, it makes one. Warmaster. Uh, yeah, Warmaster. There's a deck out there. Is it going to be good enough? I think is what remains to be right. seen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as it stands, I think in limited, you're probably looking at a, a three again. <laughs> and I think a two. <laughs> oh, you think a two? You think green, green, green for a two one? Yeah, I think the fact that that like if you're like let's say on turn, like on average, you're not really playing a one drop, but like turn two you play your two drop. Turn three, you play this. Turn four, you have the four mana, and then you have two creatures. I mean, that's getting you to six. So, yeah, you're probably right. It probably I, two's a little too low. I, I think three fits. Like again, two point eight. Sure, Best 2. I can 8. do. Two point eight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I agree with that. Uh, but the, the the elephant in the room is this is going to go into a lot of EDH decks. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's for that reason, uh, Coast. Do you think this might be a money card down the line? Down the line, the premium version, yes, will be. Um, we're, I can almost guarantee that. Well, I can't guarantee. I'm assuming this is going to be have an extended art for it. Um, I would get the extended art uh, foils when if if it drops enough. You know, cards like this. Um, have a very interesting pattern like this should drop really low but the fact that it's an elf the fact that it's a guy's cradle players recognize that and so this may never get to the the cost it should be at at least for a while but if you crack it or you see them go really low uh yes this is a edh money card at least i would say i would say that the regular version of this probably have around two dollars um at its lowest i would say that the ea foil should get somewhere like around five honestly like five five to six bucks and then it could be a 20 dollar card like future future so that concludes the monocolored cards but we actually have some multicolor cards to talk about and some of them are pretty sweet uh first up we have xanathar guild kingpin Four blue black gets you a legendary creature beholder. It's a five six at mythic. And at the beginning of your upkeep, choose target opponent until end of turn. That player can't cast spells, and you may look at the top card of their library anytime. You may play the top card of their library, and you may spend mana as over mana of any color to cast spells this way. This is obviously EDH card. Uh, and it seems like a more fun to play against version of like send triplets. <laughs> is it more fun though? I don't know. I like, I feel like it's for your opponent you're choosing. It's not. Um, yeah, definitely each card uh, minor possibility. It makes it into standard, but there's just so many top end cards and blue, black control style things that probably not the case. Um, yeah, not much else to say, but it is a cool card. It's a cool looking card, and I've seen these beholders before. I'd never, I forgot where I've seen them at. I mean, obviously in D anD D, but like, uh, like I've always been like, what is that thing? And now it's a magic. I'm like, this this does feel like a magic card. Like it looks yeah. ugly. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much else to say on it. It's a it's a cool card. Um, you know, six mana, five six can. Uh, lock your opponent out during your turn so it doesn't lock them out during their turn so that's nice you can just do whatever you want at least on the following turn next up we have volo guide to monsters two green blue for legendary creature human wizard three two at rare whenever you cast a creature spell that doesn't share a creature type with a creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard copy that spell so this is anti-tribal and this seems very strong i agree it's like very it's a very it's a very very fair 
Um, wait, it says copy that spell, but do you have to, do you have to cast the copy? No, it just no, no. Okay, copies on the stack. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, uh, blue green ETBs anti tribal. Let's go. Flavor text. The beholder. What we just, you know, mm-hmm. the creature type we just had told me I had a good eye for details. Who was I to argue? I think that's pretty cool. Flavor text. That's pretty cool. Um, as for Volo, uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a powerful ability, but I think uh, curating your deck into such a way that um, takes advantage of this will be pretty difficult. And the obvious thing is like, well, you know, Commander is Singleton, but you do run a lot. I mean, a lot of my decks end up having a lot of uh, legendary creatures in it. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's gonna it's probably going to fill in to a lot of EDH decks, even if it only gets a trigger like one or two times. But, um, yeah, but I mean... Legend- legendary doesn't matter because it's a super type. Well, the, you won't get both of them in, eventually. Yeah, you what I'm saying have- is... Oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I got it. Right. Yeah. But ETBs... I- Mm-hmm. ETBs. Uro. Um. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Uro? Nah, Sorry, that's crazy. Right. Come uh, on. All of these seem to be highly subjective out of five for EDH. Uh, our next one is Orcus, Prince of Undeath. For X, two, black, and a red. Get a legendary creature, Demon, five, three, at rare, as flying and trample. And when it enters the battlefield, you choose one. Each other creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn, and you lose X life. Return or return up to X target creature cards with total mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, leaving haste until end of turn. Solid card. Four mana. Five. I think probably the most common will be X is two and yes, clear the way or return a little dorky thing. Good. X is three. That seems very telegraphed. That you're not going to just play this and kill it. Oh, that's also that also be a very expensive. Give the board minus it's a, three, minus each three. other creature, so it won't minus itself. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Get this. I misread this. Okay, the, when I read it in my head the first time, I think solid five in limited. You know, yeah. I can agree. I'll go four. I'll go four point eight. I'm at a four. I'm at a four, um, which is still high enough. Yeah, I, man. Three mana would have been too much. You'd have to lower the power on this. Um, as it stands, yeah, like uh, removing some creatures, it might end up killing yours, though. And it probably will, because I imagine you're running a lot of small creatures. Um, so if this comes to empty, like empty board on your side, like that's great. Uh, I'm a, a three. I'm a three right now. <laughs> this is like my safe middle of the road uh, until we see what these decks shape out for constructed to. you mean for constructed oh, yeah. yeah for limited four for constructed three okay i just think it's too expensive for constructed Back to volo we never like... commented on limited but like in limited it's going to be fantastic i think it's at, at least a four i mean what i, I like... think three ish what i like about constru- constructed is like you go wide with this you alpha swing and then um you know you're doing enough damage like to their other creatures and you you clear the board you know like minus one will just like mop up the rest of the stuff so i think that's why i, I like it a little i like it enough in constructed to give it a three um you're correct like it is expensive but i mean you are getting a flying trample five three like that is something so okay yeah but but also, Trio is asking about Volo and Limited. Yeah. Back to Volo and Limited. 
but oh yeah. volo limited at least a four uh, you know yeah really? i say three yeah. oh. i say three I say two. and then any creature you cast you get a copy of it so not any creature yes not be it can't be a human or a wizard and there's a lot those are those are two prominent creature types yeah and that's not counting any other creatures you've cast up until that point i'd say i'd say it'd get a lot you get to draft around it so well we have the ramp two for me all right three for micah and four for tree all right so tree if we get matched up in draft or pre-release and this is in your pool it has to be in your deck that is an agreement we have just made uh Moving on, we have Triumphant Adventurer. White and the black gets you a 1-1 Human Knight at rare. It has Death Touch, and as long as it's your turn, it also has First Strike. And whenever it attacks, you venture into the dungeon. I'm kind of meh. It's great. Is yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, when if you want to activate uh, or venture... Uh, oh, yeah, for that. Yeah, this is... a. Uh... Yeah, I agree with Tree here. Death Touch First Strike is going to kill anything. And then, I mean, for limited, I'm, I'm talking about limited right now. I don't know what Kushup is going to do, but limited, this thing just can't die. Why, why don't you just take one? Well, you, get well, to- you can, but but yeah, if you keep activating those dungeons, I mean, you're going to make like a 4 4 yeah. or none of this. So. <laughs> yep. They have to nuke their own board to make the 4 4, though. Um, I guess so, yeah. That's only one card, though. You have so many other things that are going to be venturing, too. So, scrying and all that, making a goblin and yeah, okay. I'd say I'll go, but then you just trade with it immediately, and this is like a one for one. I'll go three point seven five. Yeah, that's about where I was at. I was gonna say three point eight or four. Okay. What about constructed? You think this is yeah four worth it? All if there's an adventure deck, it's gonna need this card. Is it Esper? And then you run this and that snake rogue from Abzan earlier? Adventure or something like that. Splashing blue for your snake rogue? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Um, look forward to seeing that list. Um, and then our final multicolored card is the adult gold dragon. Three red and a white for a 4-3 dragon at rare. It has flying, lifelink, and haste. Uh, so... Uh, lightning angel called you're like what's going on bro i uh i actually uh, kind of to go back to the cards we didn't mention because a lot of them are uncommon so we have like the green dragon there's like a black dragon it's well, a red this, one but this is only part one of our spoiler review oh we're doing those okay well never mind then sorry to spoil the the part mm-hmm. two or whatever but i was gonna say uh as far as flavor i really like this card um again i don't i don't know anything about Dungeons and dragons but i will say that um i played a game called heroes of mind and magic maybe some of y'all heard of it before and it you know has these generic you know red green dragon gold dragon or whatever so i just like the flavor i like the feel of this card uh, for power level, definitely in limited, I think it's going to be strong. It's like a probably like a 3.5 to 4 range. Uh, limited, I don't expect to see any play. Again, unless dragons are a theme. Uh, so, you mean? So. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Limited, strong. Constructed, not so much. Yeah, you got something. Sorry, guys. I'm thinking, I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking about my finance class. I got a final tomorrow, so it's going <laughs> to rattle my yeah. brain a little bit. You got what you've got terror of the peaks and you've got um gold span dragon in this slot so i don't think you want 
gold the gold dragon here. Yeah, even when um, Terra rotates, the still gold spans just so much better. <laughs> yeah, why can't this be a four four? Um, but either way, so that's uh, all the multicolor cards. We have two artifacts to talk about. First up is the deck of many things. Five mana gets you a legendary artifact at Mythic. And then for two and tap, you get to roll a d20 and subtract the number of cards in your hand. If the result is zero or less, you discard your hand. Uh, for one through nine, uh, return a card at random from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, for 10 through 19, you get to draw two cards. And then if you roll a 20, you put a creature card from any graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. When that creature dies, its owner loses the game. Fun. Uh, Tree, what do you think about Very, very much fun. I would totally build a deck around this. <laughs> I have nothing. Like, it's what? it's going to be fine in limited. Um, I think at three or four in limited, um, since at late game you're going to want to have more resources. So just be able to activate this on the whim, doing that is fine. And constructed is going to be crazy. You know, it can range from like a two to a five. So, <laughs> it really depends on that. I think this is like the most EDH thing yep. ever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is like an alternate win condition that can go in every deck. And, uh, you know, even drawing two cards is great. Like, yeah, this, this card, this is actually another pick for money cards later down the line, um, especially if they don't reprint this. In fact, I'd... I just don't see this card being reprinted that much because it, it, it's referenced to D and D. So, yeah, this card will be a gainer um, in a year, maybe less, maybe more. But yeah, this card is really fun, really fun design. Yep. Uh, next up, we have treasure chest. For three mana, you get an artifact at rare, and this is the first D twenty card that they spoiled. And so for four mana and sacrifice it, you get to roll a d20. If you roll a one, you're trapped and you lose three life. And then if you roll two through nine, you get to make five treasure tokens. If you roll a 10 through 19, you gain three life and draw three cards. And if you roll 20, you get to search your library for a card. If it's an artifact card, you may put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, put that card into your hand, then shuffle. I, I love this card. I love it so much. It's the only one that has that downside. It's like if you roll a one, you lose three life. But like all the rest of the modes are sick. Like seven mana. I like this. I put this in like most mono white uh, EDH decks. It's just colorless card advantage or ramp. And yeah. most cases, if you roll a one, haha, sucks for you. But seven mana to make five treasures or draw three cards and gain three life. Like, what's the... What's the if you put seven mana into Sphinx's Rev, what's the outcome? That's, what, two plus uh, five. So that's five life, five creature cards. Uh, it's almost the same. Uh, <laughs> and then 20 to, like, DT or put, like, a Blightsteel Colossus or something on the battlefield. This seems... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um... I don't, I, I don't like putting a number on EDH because EDH is the most subjective format that there is. But yeah, uh seems fine. It like probably like a two or something in limited. Uh, probably like a less than that and constructed and then a really, really fun card in EDH. Yeah, another 
another EDH fun gainer staple, whatever you want to call it. Very much so. Sweet card. Mm -hmm. All right, that concludes the artifacts, and now we're going to finish up with lands. First off, let's start with this cycle of... Oh, I just noticed we don't have the green one yet. Uh, so um, they have a new cycle of rare lands that enter the battlefield tapped unless uh, if you control... Well, I'm just going to read it. If you control two or more other lands, they enter the battlefield tapped. So it's kind of like the fast dual lands. Then uh, they So they tapped at each uh, color. So like, so I've already seen the black, white, red, and blue ones. But they also become creatures. So the black one, if you pay four mana until end of turn, it becomes a 3-3 black beholder with menace. And whenever this creature attacks, you exile target card from a defending player's graveyard. The white one um, becomes a 3-4... Uh, white dragon with flying and then the red one becomes a 3-2 red goblin with whenever this creature attacks you create a 1-1 red goblin creature that's tapped and attacking and the blue one for 5 in a blue becomes a 7-7 blue giant creature with ward 3 uh, these all seem super sweet and I really want to play with some of these the only thing i have about them so the the fast lands have says two or fewer other lands so that means um if you have uh if you have like you can play spider bluff on three but this one says two or more other lands this comes in tapped on turn three uh, okay yeah so it's slightly worse in that regard actually pretty significantly worse in that regard that one turns pretty significant yeah, um, you know, it's not a dual land cycle, so I mean, we're losing the castles, and is there any other monocolor lands in standard currently? Um, well, that like none, the, none the same play. Um, yeah, the the faces haven doesn't rotate. Um, I think that's about really the relevant cards, you know. Yeah, so this just replaces the the castles for like the the monocolor slot. Um, yeah, I mean they're all cool. They're all they all have the really unique abilities. I, I imagine uh, the den is going to see a little more play. Um, it is going to have to compete with the the snow land. I'm drawing a blank, but the one that has changeling, yep. faceless um, haven. Yeah, faceless haven. Uh, it'll compete with that. Um, you could just run both of them, but um... I wouldn't because because. Right, no. Yeah, I, yeah. You have to have the snowman for the faceless haven, and running. I don't even like running really castles, like in like in a mono red deck. Right, no, I agree. So, yeah, um, you know, we'll we'll see how this plays out. Um, if but, but I, I think if any of them are going to get played, it's going to be that one. Um, it could also just be, uh, the white one as well. So, but the blue one, blue both both the blue and white. The blue one is the seven seven hexproof giant, basically, right? Mm -hmm. yeah has but board. six mana though i mean like if you're an aggressive blue deck I, even as a control finisher like that's six mana that you have to like decide are you am i going to attack this turn or not so regardless they all seem pretty sweet uh and let's end this with one of the worst magic cards they've printed in a very long time so our last card we're talking about is Dungeon Descent. It is a rare land that enters battlefield tapped. It taps for a colorless 
or for four and tap and tap an untapped legendary creature you control, you get to venture into the dungeon, but only as a sorcery. This card is all, this is a zero. This card is so bad. They must, they must've been very, very worried about venture to nerf it this much on one card. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of telling. I mean, I mean, you're probably right. It'll probably be the worst card, but at the same time, if they're nerfing it this hard, uh, I don't know. There, there might be something into that. Um, I wouldn't say it's the worst card. I think a limited, this is actually very much playable because like the legendaries aren't like, I don't know. Like, are you really swinging with the three, two, um, What's the blue green guy's name? Volo. Like, are you really swinging with Volo? Uh, or are you just hanging him back? You know, and then are you using him to fun or uh, uh, you know funnel into your dungeon descent? Right. So, um, I don't know. I think if the dungeon mechanic is on the assumption that it's very strong, this is probably like a, a three, three point five, uh, and constructed. Yeah, th- that's where it'd probably be a zero. That's like way too slow. Even in limited, like. Um, so you've got to get to what turn five, um, because you're going to have this plus four other lands. You have to have a legendary creature, and you can only do it on your turn. So basically, it's just so many things you have to have. And then at the cost of this being a you know colorless source, you know if this was like a add one man of any color, I'd we'd be talking here. You know, that would be a lot better because. But the fact that it adds only colorless, which doesn't help your color, colored sources, um, I would say this is zero or one, one is zero unlimited ETH as well. All right, I'm so going zero dollar around. <laughs> no, I said three point five. I have that. Ca- I have that that asterisk there. If if Dungeon mm-hmm. is really powerful, I think this will be three point five. I'm sticking with it. All right, that's another gentleman's agreement that was just made that if I play against Costa in pre-release or draft and he has this in his pool, he has to put it in his deck. <laughs> that is an agreement that has been made. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not consenting, and we're kind of like in that political element about consent, so I don't know, man. All right, let's, that concludes our uh, part one of our set review. Uh, to be continued next week. Uh, Costa, do you have any quick picks for the people? I do. Let me uh, pull this up, huh? So, yeah. Um, last week, thank you for filling in for my quick picks, by the way. Uh, let's pull this up real quick. All righty. So, um, starting us off, last week this was also supposed to be on there, um, but in haste I gave you something that was on my mind while I was... Uh, cram studying for test um emery lurker of the lock so last week when i was going to call it it was sitting at three dollars um this card has actually already moved up to seven um i think prior to today it was at five then it's already at seven so i still think this card has a, a lot more room uh, a lot more gain to be made uh currently sitting at seven uh i expect this to easily be a 12 dollar card under six months um and yeah just seeing a lot of uh play modern especially with mh2 right now i mean you know artifacts are all the rage again so 
Uh, my next card is Spiteful Prankster. So this is a jumpstart card. Uh, that's probably why you don't recognize the name. Uh, it's currently 75 cents. However, it has a very, uh, it has an ability that everyone loves. It's basically another aristocrat deck um, or aristocrat card. It is mono red. Um, you know, it's 75 cents. It'll probably be a $3 card. Uh, the reason why I kind of kept an eye out for this one is because Pitiless Plunderer, which uh, is now a $12 card that was also bulk. I mean, even bulk, uh, it's bulk price. I think it was like a dollar or $2. So it's always been up there. Um, but this is a mono red and uh, this is a mono red card. And so because it's in Jumpstart, even though there's a lot of crack, uh, pa- cracks, <laughs> uh, packs being cracked. Um, I just see this, you know, kind of slowly edging up there. So uh, Spiteful Prankster was number two. Um, number three, I have Meddling Mage, and I have the Double Masters Borderless version, so the non-foil. Currently sitting at five, uh, you know, plays in humans. I actually run it in my multicolor zoo deck to trigger uh, Ruckrick, whatever his name is, that makes a 4-4 when you play a multicolor card. Um, five to ten is what I'm calling in about a year. Um, I give it kind of a long span because right now, humans aren't i mean like they were seeing play in the beginning of mh2 it's kind of winded down a little bit but you know it's just a great sideboard card so i'd expect people want premium versions and that's where we're at and the last card kataki wars wage so i'm any version you can get the mm1 version the savers of kamigawa version and there's even an event deck version um this has recently moved uh this is like a two mana two two or something like that in fact i actually just picked one up from uh shout out to alpha strike and san marcus if you need cards you can order from them online or if you're in central texas go shop from them um so it's a two one legendary spirit for two mana um it has an ability all artifacts have an uh have at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice this artifact once you pay one so that's huge i mean that gets around the indestructible artifact lands that come in tapped uh, plus, uh, those decks generally don't produce a lot of mana, so they're going to sack a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, this is at $7. It just recently moved up to $7. Easily a $12 card under six months. Um, while also shouting out to Alpha Strike, I would also just like to say, by the way, this wraps up my quick picks. Um, I would just like to say, if you're in the Central Texas area, uh, also check out Junior's Comics. Look, little, uh, it's a little local store. It's been there for years. I started going there when I was about 12 years old. Um, and Henry's a real great guy. Um, it's definitely got that old school feel. It's not much, um, you know, if you're looking for singles and stuff, that's not really what the store is about. It's much more about our community, um, you know, playing fun games with great people. Uh, so if you're in the area, yeah, come swing by, you know, check us out over there. And again, Alpha Strike, if you're in San Marcos, um, if you want singles, that's the place to go. So anyways, that wraps it up for my uh, shameless plugs and quick picks. Micah, take us home. That has been episode 24 of the MTG Untapped Podcast. Tree, thank you again for joining us. It has been a pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me again. Um, Best of luck for the next time. Costa, it was good to have you back. And the people, what did you think about what we talked about today? Are you super excited about this new Dungeons & Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realm set? Let us know on Twitter at 
MTG Untapped Pod or on Facebook at MTG Untapped Podcast. If you have any other ideas for stuff you would like us to talk about, or if you just want to say hi, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. And if you would please leave us a review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, it would be very much appreciated. But that will do it for this episode of the MTG Untapped Podcast. I have been the Micah, signing off for Tree and Costa. We will talk to you all next week. Later. Later, y'all.